Are you looking for answers to life's biggest questions? The Center for Faith and Culture at the University of St. Thomas in Houston now offers its MA in Faith and Culture online. This program transforms students by immersing them in the patrimony of the Catholic tradition so that they will go out into the American culture and leaven it with the good news. For more information, Google Center for Faith and Culture UST. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. I'm your host, Colleen Dully. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith today published an instruction manual. Vatimecum contains detailed procedures that cover the period... Today, the Vatican the released its long-awaited handbook, or Vatimecum in Latin, on how bishops and superiors of religious orders should handle the sexual abuse of minors by clergy. This handbook is the first time that all of the Vatican's guidelines for handling abuse, from reporting to investigating and taking juridical action, have all been put together in one step-by-step format. There isn't really much that's new in the handbook, except that bishops and religious superiors are now told to report abuse to the civil authorities, even in places where that's not required by law. Previously, they were only required to report abuse when the state had mandatory reporting laws. Now, there is a question of how binding the guidelines in the handbook are. The handbook is simply a recommendation, and like with most of the church's other laws and guidelines on abuse, the question is primarily one of how well the guidelines end up being enforced. So let's talk for a moment about where this handbook came from. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that we've been waiting on this document to come out ever since it was first mentioned at the Vatican Summit on the Protection of Minors in February 2019. That summit brought together the heads of the world's bishops' conferences along with the superiors of religious orders. And the goal was to get everyone on the same page about the severity of this crisis and the need for responsibility and transparency. People are rightly asking, have you... And work started on this document almost immediately after that meeting. So why did it take so long? Jerry reported this morning that part of the delay was because the document was compiled with input from local churches around the world. And that's really important because local churches are in very different positions when it comes to having resources to put strong reporting structures in place. They're also subject to different local laws. Another reason for the delay is that, as Jerry reported, there was some strong resistance within the Vatican to removing the pontifical secret. That's a a scary-sounding classification that made abuse investigations and juridical proceedings confidential. So the process of making this document was held up until December 2019, when Pope Francis stepped in and lifted the pontifical secret classification for abuse cases. But this handbook isn't the only progress that we've seen come out of the abuse summit. First, one month after the summit, Pope Francis adopted a set of laws and norms that made all Vatican City officials and ambassadors mandated reporters, and it set up a victim assistance operation in the Vatican's health and wellness department. Then, in May 2019, church officials presented Pope Francis. Pope Francis new issued document. the guideline Vos Estis Lux Mundi, or You Are the Light of the World. That required every diocese to set up reporting systems for sexual abuse, mandated that the Vatican be updated every month on their investigations, and that investigations be completed within three months of a report. It also set up a system for bishops who are regional leaders to investigate any bishop in their region who is accused of abuse or cover-up. And then, like I mentioned, in December 2019, Pope Francis removed the pontifical secret designation from abuse trials. Cases of sexual misconduct are not under the pontifical secret. That would be This means that information about a church trial or investigation is now available to state authorities and to survivors, who were previously often left in the dark about what was going on with their trial. 
Despite these important developments, the Vatican has been criticized for moving slowly and for putting in place guidelines that it then fails to enforce. But it's also important to note that we're going to see more from the Vatican on this. One Vatican official said to think of this handbook as version 1.0. They're planning to update it as feedback comes in from local churches about what works well and what's still needed. So the big question that still remains is the same one that we've had when the last few regulations came out. Are these guidelines actually being implemented as effective systems? How is the Vatican supporting poor dioceses that might not have the resources to get these reporting systems in place? And as more cases come in, how is the Vatican dealing with its own sizable backlog? Our team at America will continue our reporting on this as we look for answers. And you can check out our Vatican correspondent Gerard O'Connell's story on the new handbook at americamagazine.org. I'll also link to that in the show notes. And that does it for today's update. Thanks for listening. We will see you again soon here on Inside the Vatican. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced and mixed by Maggie Van Dorn. You can email us your questions and comments at insidethevatican at americamedia.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I. For America Media, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time.